Would you like to live a happier, healthier, and more fulfilled life? Cultures from all over our planet have been addressing that concern for thousands of years, and their answers can help you in your life today. Welcome to The Sweet Spot, where healing, spirituality, and culture meet. Join anthropologist and healer Robert Better as he introduces you to healing and spirituality in world cultures. Here's the host of your show, Robert Better. Welcome back, listeners. I'm here again today with uh, Soren Shrestha. We're going to pick up where we left off from our last session. In our first session, Soren described growing up in Nepal a little bit about the spiritual background and some of the health practices that he was around over the course of growing up. Now we'll move into an exploration of how you came to the United States and then how you ended up returning to Nepal to learn more about the healing arts there. So let's start with that question. How did you end up coming to the United States? Well, um, my older brother, uh, was already here in USA in 1977. And he asked me uh, while I was in high school uh, to come to USA. And that's, uh, that's how I came uh, to study, <laughs> to study uh, in, in America. And where did you move to? Uh, my first arrival was in, a, um, at the time was Dallas, Texas. <laughs> And you went to college. I mean, that must have been quite an experience going from living in this small village in Nepal to life in the United States. What, what was that like to you? Was it shocking? It was a culture shock, definitely, uh, really culture shock. Um, I have a lots of story about culture shock, but uh, I don't want to go that much. But uh, I, I feel um, it's, um, you know, it's it's really uh, adapting from a village to big city coming in, um, uh, and then also um, having a little language. Um, uh, it was a little tough, but again, uh, but again, I slowly adapted it. <laughs> Did you speak English already when you came to the United States? A little, little. So I had to take a in a high school three English class in a day, <laughs> three classes wow. of yeah. So it was uh, tough. So your, your university training, though, was in the hard sciences, I assume, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, um, uh, it's uh, mathematics. I, I love math. So I became a, a civil engineer, emphasis in uh, environmental. So that was my degree, but uh, I worked a few years in civil engineering. And when did you end up with this desire to learn about healing arts? Was this something that you, that you had in the background before then, or did it emerge when you were already living here in the States? Well, it's the thing, you know, when you, um, as you grow up, you say you want to be somebody. And then as you become a somebody, you don't like that, you know, uh, your uh, business or whatever um, work uh, you go into it and you um, I guess the uh, the wind will take you however you enjoy into your life and uh, uh, for the healing for me is you know like I grew up uh, in a natural environment 
through my greatest natural teacher, I, you know, I would call my mother and father, is my greatest teacher. And, you know, like, if there is no, uh, my, especially my mother would also connect with the nature uh, because uh, uh, everything has an energy. And if there is no rain for the crops, uh, I remember she would bring, bring her lady friends at home and, and, then, and then some will make a, you know, uh, it's like a, uh, like a donut style of uh, bread or, you know, all night long. And some of them uh, play music and dance all night long to make a rain god happy, mm. you know. So, so it's, it's the thing that uh, um, uh, connecting with nature, uh, connecting with uh, uh, mantras, and, and then uh, uh, for me is... Uh, growing up like that, uh, I feel, uh, I feel, you know, it's it's more of a, what I study did not really matter what I really wanted, you know, like uh, enjoy my life. So that's uh, that's one of the reasons um, I I moved from my, you know, engineering to healing. <laughs> uh, how do you say uh, profession? Now. We can look at the bowls in a number of different ways. We could look at it in terms of the pure aesthetics of it, the beauty of the sound. Uh, and we can also look at it in terms of being a healing art. What was it that motivated you to want to go back to Nepal to study this? Well, it's, it's like a feeling from a heart. You know, it came from, uh, um, you know, your, um, when you have a soul touch, you know, deeper into your touch that you feel and you are happy of something, even though some of the family member or friends will say you're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, mm -hmm. it's a, my heart longing of what I was happy of, uh, that uh, desired of me learning and going into, you know, like uh, being uh, with a, a tradition uh, teacher to be meditate and study. It's so, a hard one. So you, you grew up there. Um, mm -hmm. You came to the United States, and I'm, I'm guessing and kind of reading between the lines that you had some kind of a longing for something that had to do with this world that you left behind. Is that right? Well, I understood that is correct. I understood more being here is, uh, you know, Western culture is, um, you know, like uh, wanted to um, know more about Eastern culture and they are more wanted to learn about alternative healing as well. And when I came from a, such a rich culture, even though, even though, you know, Nepal is uh, one fourth size of Texas and has, a, if you Google, um, uh, one time I saw 123 languages in that tiny country. So, so many tribes, so many, uh, you know, um, caste and uh, in a culture is uh, mixed, you know, such a tiny country. And we have so much way of people are doing how they are doing our living with, uh, with uh, uh, health wise, you know. And then I felt, uh, you know, um, I wanted to learn more about um, the sound of a singing bowl and how it's done 
and that's one of the reason I, I went back and learned and wanted to share to the West. Now, before we get into how you learned it, I just want to go back to the time that you were growing up there. Were you around singing bowls a lot as a child? Uh, yes or no? This is what it is, Bob. Like I mentioned, there are so many cultures, I mean, within the tiny country, so many tribes, so many languages. Um, and, you know, we, it's in our finger trip, we can just Google and find, right? Growing up there is the singing bowl, pretty much every household has it. But the thing is that not everybody uses for, you know, these three reasons, you know, meditation, ritual, or alternative healing. They don't use this. They are, especially in my home, uh, are, I grew up with it as a, uh, we call it, quote, unquote, botuko, a utensil, or, or either cooking pot or, you know, uh, having a, you know, soup bowl, you know. Um, so this is how I grew up. Because uh, um, specific, specifically, there are very rare people are uh, used as a meditation uh, and, um, and then, uh, you know, like alternative healing and ritual practices. Very few um, uh, teachers are also uses, you know, healers are uses it. And, and then they, you have to find off the beaten path to find, a, you know, teachers to teach about it also. So, um, you know, you can find bells every single house. Every single house has a bells because they do puja. Or, or meditation ceremony or, or, or uh, uh, wishful, their wish, whatever, fulfilling prayers uh, every morning they do. Um, and they use bell, incense, water, holy water, uh, fresh flowers, um, and uh, things like that. Uh, every morning they use and they meditate and pray. Um, but uh, for me is that uh, when you don't have uh, a practice of something and you want to learn more about it, you know. Uh, so this is why I um, search and about six day walk from my uh, home, village home to the north by border of uh, Tibet, a tiny town, tiny village called Kimatanka. And that's where uh, I call Master Doji Tingo. Uh, um, um, I learned from him. And how did you discover him? Uh, through word of mouth, <laughs> uh -huh. uh, um, because uh, it's so tiny, uh, there are a few people from that village came to our village. Our village is quite large compared to other villages in that region. Uh, and then uh, we have the high school in my village, and they don't. And those people, villagers, come to study in our village. And they have to stay during the school year. And those are the uh, friends um, have mentioned, you know, there are some healers, some teachers. And that's how I have got to know uh, uh, in my um, growing up there. And when I went back and I searched for those teachers. And what was it like approaching these teachers? Did you, uh, did you have to bring them a gift? Did you, how did you end up in this special relationship of learning? Well, it's a trust uh, and respect. Uh, these are the um, main uh, thing you have to, but of course you do have to offer gifts, um, uh, you know, um, 
and then um, with from your heart, you know, it's it's uh, uh, it's from uh, um, whatever, you know, this is what it is, and they are very um, profoundly happy. Matter of fact, <laughs> uh, two thousand seventeen, I had a, a eleven friends I call my students friends uh, who had learned with me the singing bowl in my school here in Boulder uh, and other area that I went to teach uh, 11 friends went uh, to my village and since I mentioned you Bob a six-day walk from my village and six day down so it's 12 day right uh, uh, like I mentioned I think earlier mid 90s to late 90s they have a build road so it's a two more day is less now. So it's four days walk now right, from a dirt road, you know. So four day walk. So I have sent uh, my village that, hey, I'm bringing my American friends to my village. Would you please let my teacher know and bring him to my village? Otherwise, from my village also, we have to go four day hike and then four uh, day uh, hike down. So eight days we will spend just hiking. So I thought, why not my teacher coming down to my village from, from Kimatanka? So, so we went there and, um, and then, uh, and then uh, he came down uh, to meet us. The first word, first sentence he said was with a laughing. He said, I got lost one day coming hiking down here. So he, it took a five days for him. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's a, it's a really interesting, you know. So it's a very joyous people. Even though he got lost, I meant to say, even though he got lost, he was not frustrated, you know. He was just laughing and joyful, you know. It's like, a, and then of course I I had to offer something for him, and then whatever you offer, he's always willing. You know? It's 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 a you have little, you give little. You have a lot, you give little, little a lot, you know, a little more. So this is what it is there. <laughs> So, you know, when I, a lot of people, myself included, have been around the bowls, seeing them in different types of shops and stores. And, you know, typically somebody will pick up a bowl and maybe somebody who knows a little bit will show somebody else how to strike the bowl. And it, as, as beautiful as it is, it's hard to think of that as a, a, a more formal discipline. So, I'm wondering if you could share with us a little bit about what was the instruction like from your teacher? How, how much time did you spend with him and what, what did you learn? Was it part of a, a wider tradition that included um, the spiritual tradition? I, I'm fascinated by how something as simple as this vessel that you described as being something for food in your home now is at the center of this great big part of your life well um you know for it depends on who we talk to in nepal um because uh uh you know um actually even in my book i call it uh, in a tibetan healing method but it's not reality is it's a himalayan healing method it's not tibetan the name is uh, ad adhesive like a ban banades supposed to be a band-aid you know everybody said bandage so that's a brand name so uh, uh, my uh, you know like uh, uh, point is that going there 
and learning is very few people do. And even if you talk to some Nepalese, they haven't even heard some of them singing bo, you know. So having find in a such a way, uh, in, a, in a written path that's such a far away, I felt uh, that learning from a teacher is like more from him is you follow your heart, like how you like to do. As long as, of course, um, you know, in, there, there are many countries they have a singing bowl. Like in Japan, they call ringong, you know, and then especially in Thailand, when I was there, they do for, uh, um, uh, uh, for the dead soul to rest in peace, they play the uh, bowl, uh, you know. It's, uh, it's like uh, how other people do is differently, but um, how I learned from a teacher is following your heart. But as far as uh, following your you, you know, like playing the bowl, uh, especially for, for me, is like how, you know, like in Japan or Vietnam or, um, you know, uh, any part of the Asia, in South Korea that... Uh, the bowls they make and they they only do inviting you know like uh, uh, one of the good teacher uh, is a Thich Han that i have gone many retreats to instead of striking he calls inviting the sound so they just tap it right but in nepal that where i learned from my teacher is rubbing okay and there there, there are times that i did a two weeks of retreat just rubbing and um uh, but with that rubbing, how fast you are going in the uh, age of the bowl and how uh, slow you are going or how much pressure you're giving or, uh, you know, the, the faster or slower, all these matters uh, on the bowl, you know. Um, so, so I call it a GPS. Uh, so when you're playing the bowl, um, in a Himalayan method way. Um, uh, if I go gentle like this, uh, a lot of uh, viewers can't see me, but uh, 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 as Bob, as you were saying, see, uh, I am doing a, a gentle, is like a soft, uh, and then uh, I, if I give a more pressure, and then the sound will come more. If I slow down or faster, so it all matters how to bring the sound. G stands for gentle. You need to be gentle. P for pressure. Sometimes you might have to give a little more pressure, less pressure. And speed, you have to watch for speed. These are the things that we, um, you know, I... I have learned um, um, playing the bowl, and uh, and it's all uh, the matter of uh, of uh, you know giving your heart and being patient with your hand. Um, so that's how um, uh, I have learned. But the teacher um, asked us to be more of a. Mm. going deeper into into listening and one time a friend of mine was crying a lot and then 
and out of 15 days, and one day I asked him in our break time, why do you cry all the time when you grab the ball? And he said, oh, don't you hear? The ball is talking. When the ball talks, it touches my soul, and it's just a happy tears comes in. You know, so, so you just have to go into deeper. That's what my teacher have mentioned. Um, so this is, uh, um, you know, like uh, uh, when rubbing the ball, we have to understand this GPS, bringing the harmonic sound, you need to understand from a dissonant sound, you know, um, and then also um, it encourages, and that, that, that some of the teacher encourages me to uh, create new protocols through cultural tradition, you know, and then uh, having a gentleness and having the power of silence, you know. Um, and of course, with the sound, when there is a silence, that follows a very, you know, uh, tranquil sound, um, the body's parasympathetic nerve system is activated. Um, so anyway, uh, what happens uh, uh, with us is that, you know, if there's a dissonant sound or, um, uh, uh, you know, like a very annoying sound comes into our body, um, uh, the body's sympathetic nerve system is activated in flat, fight and flight, uh, you know, comes in, uh, symptoms comes in. So what, uh, what I learned is in, in this uh, uh, sound, is that it instantly brings our mind into uh, awareness. Matter of fact, it's uh, meditation aid brings a peaceful mind. Uh, if you just tap it uh, for meditators, a lot of monks uh, or Rinpoche uses this because our mind is a monkey mind. And then the sound of the bowl it brings us into awareness rather than thinking, you know, like taking a deeper breath and just think of air or think of your tummy going up and down or, but this sound just brings a sense of peacefulness. So I hope I answered your question, Bob. You absolutely answered my question, Soren, and this is probably a good time for us to end our second session on it was great getting to know a little bit about your personal journey. When we meet for our next session, we're gonna find out more about what you discovered and what you found by making this your own. And that's what's so beautiful about this story, um, about your personal journey, starting out in that culture, going to another culture, returning to your culture, and then taking this tradition and doing something new with it. And that's what we're gonna, explore in our next session. So, Surin Shrestha, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Bob. And thank you for listening, everybody. This has been Healing and Spirituality in World Cultures with Robert Vetter. Thanks for listening. Please rate, subscribe, and share with everyone you know who might benefit from these messages. Until next time, remember, be kind and loving to yourself and others. Together, we can heal ourselves and help build a better world.